Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SBC Leaders Podcast. I'm Kelly Keane, Global Relationship Director for SBC. Today, I'm joined by Seth Young, who is the Chief Strategy Officer for Fifth Street Gaming. He's also a managing partner at the Strategy Organization. Welcome, Seth. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So as most people know, SBC Leaders and the podcast is about getting to know the people behind some of the industry's biggest organizations. Your thoughts on leadership, some of your role models or some of your philosophies about leadership. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you a bit about that. But before we do, um, we're kind of road testing um, a little uh, icebreaker, if you will, for the segment to get people talking and get to know you a bit better. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to know a little bit more about this picture. Let's see it. Oh, that's my puppy. That's uh, that's Sir Handkerchief Moody the uh, Third. <laughs> we call him Hank. Uh, Hank is now oh, I want to say nine months old. He is an absolute terror, but he's also the cutest dog of all time. Uh, so we rescued him. My wife and I, Gabrielle, we rescued him. He's actually a Shih Tzu puppy, which is which is quite interesting because he doesn't look like one. He's quite long, and uh, we did the yeah. DNA test for the dog, uh, and he's a Prapso Shih Tzu, uh, but we got him after our, our uh, Frenchie passed uh, about a year ago. Oh, he's so absolutely cute, and that wild hair just act caught my attention as soon as I he's, started looking around for pictures. Ridiculous animal. He's so cute. I was thinking Cavalier King Charles or something, just by the markings, but... Yeah, um, or, or he, I mean, he even has, like, corgi length, but he's a Shih Tzu. Yeah. That's good. And uh, a member of your family, I'm sure it sounds like. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. amazing. So I, I want to kick off a little bit, Seth, and get to know a little bit more about you. Before we do, um, you've recently joined Fifth Street Gaming. So let's talk about that, what you guys are doing, where you're going. It's a busy, busy time right now in, in gaming. So I'm excited to hear about what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's super exciting. So um, I'm with Fifth Street Gaming, and we're building uh, Fifth Street Digital. Uh, actually, is building a brand called Hefebet, focused towards the Latino audience in the U.S. A tremendously underserved uh, segment of the populace. There's about 63 million people in the U.S. that identify as Latino, 12 million that speak Spanish as their first language, and almost nothing uh, geared towards them for uh, for gambling and entertainment content. So we've embarked upon uh, a brand build and a multi-product strategy to uh, do some really cool things and really do it authentically. Um, we've hired well, mostly in LATAM in South America, a lot of folks down in Argentina. Uh, we're doing a lot of proprietary content on Hefebet.com. Um, we're going to be running a fantasy sports uh, platform, and we're building something very special, which I don't quite want to put out into the world yet, uh, but it's a super interesting game that really hasn't been seen before here uh, that we're building. Uh, we have a great team. and uh, Teaming up with Seth Shore, uh, at Fifth Street has been tremendous. He's uh, he's an incredible person. We've known each other for a while, uh, very much see, see the world the same way, and same with his partner, Jeff Fine. Um, so it's been a tremendously interesting journey since we started back in uh, August, September 21, uh, to build this this media brand um, and a bunch of other really cool things that, uh, that we're involved in together, like the consultancy with the strategy organization. We're working across gaming and hospitality and interactive, uh, even the metaverse. Uh, doing some really cool projects uh, really across the board. But um, that Latino focus plays is very, very interesting to us as we look at emerging markets in the U.S. and really where iGaming and sports betting are going. Um, a lot of the Southwest states like California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, even Florida uh, have a tremendous uh, segment of the population that identifies as Latino. So mm -hmm. it's a, 
are really exciting for us to do it. Um, and we're trying to do it as, uh, as authentically as possible with, um, with really great people surrounding us. Having lived in New York, I would guess that they've got a pretty strong population as well, Spanish speakers. Um, having, having seen some of the work that you've done in the past with other companies, Foxwoods and PointsBet, I would assume that there's some pretty interesting deals coming along. I'm not going to ask you to share any secrets, but, um, what does a chief strategy officer do? What are you doing, um, (laughs) from a day to day basis? That's a good question. I mean, we're, you know, on this, uh, this media build, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If somebody had told me how difficult it was to build a media site. I may not have done it, um, but now, you know, seven, eight months later that we've, we're sort of through the infrastructure work and all the hard stuff, this is more outside of my expertise than, than it isn't. Uh, but now it's something I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I've, I've done. I'm able to learn about uh, the ins and outs uh, of, of something like this, uh, be able to work with a lot of very, very interesting people who have a lot of opinions on, um, on sports and gaming and entertainment content that can be in Spanish and geared towards a Latino audience. Um, so what, what I'm doing on a daily basis, I guess, is, um, you know, effectively managing all the work streams and all the teams that we've put together, uh, making those strategic partnerships that you've referenced, mm-hmm. uh, that are super exciting for us as we build this, um, you know, we did a bit of fundraising, uh, which is very exciting, uh, and we're in a great place to, uh, go ahead and kick this off and, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that we'll have a very different business in six months than we do today, as we did six months ago. Uh, so I, I, I suppose to answer your question directly, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> Good. Uh, and pretty much everything. Good. I think a lot of people in the industry know you for some some of your creativity and some of the ideas that you've come up with. So I think that it's no surprise that you're guiding some strategy. Um, or the major strategy for a big company. Um, can you tell me um, a little bit about, I, I mentioned some of the companies that I've known you to work for, um, Foxwoods being a big land-based company and, and PointsBet as well. What brought you to this place you are right now? Um, some of the sort of successes, failures along the way and how you got to where you are in Colorado at the moment. Yeah, it's a great question. Colorado is amazing. Anybody who's thinking about a place to live uh, where you can golf and ski in the same day, tremendous. <laughs> so Foxwoods was um, was really life changing for me. Uh, to be quite honest, I did everything I could to get that job. Uh, what most people didn't know is that you know back in uh, the mid two thousands, there was a law passed in Connecticut that would have effectively allowed the state to be the first for sports betting uh, should pass be repealed. What I was naive to at the time was tribal politics, uh, which I very quickly became not naive to. Uh, once I joined Foxwoods to uh, build and manage the interactive division there, uh, which by all accounts was was successful, still is going um, under new leadership. Um, and I really wanted to work in a big casino and understand how that worked. Um, I've been a student of the gambling market for my whole career. I love this stuff. Um, it really comes from a place of passion. But for the first 10 years of my career, I had my own companies. It was more of an entrepreneurial uh, pursuit. And the opportunity to go do that within a big company or large organization, particularly for a tribe, was very compelling. I grew up doing community service, um, working for a tribe where you can see the tangible impact that your work has on a community was something I, I thought was was important for me to do. And, and I did that. And I, I ended up learning quite a lot um, at Foxwoods um, 
about how the corporate world worked, for one, uh, but also um, generally how a casino functioned. You know, I grew up playing poker at Foxwoods. I never really thought I'd work there. So it was really, really cool to uh, to get there and do it. And then when PASPA started drawing a lot more attention, um, as soon as the Supreme Court agreed to hear it, I think most people thought that that was a, a serious inflection point and it was not going to be something that was upheld, right? Mm. Um, so very early on, I started looking at partnerships, sports betting partnerships for uh, Foxwoods. And I looked under the hood of a few dozen companies and points bet um, stuck out. It was the most interesting company I had never heard of. Uh, and so meeting the folks behind the team and understanding how they viewed the U.S. opportunity, it was exactly what I would have done myself. Um, so to make a long story very short, um, ended up there uh, as the chief innovation officer, really working across the uh, the company on, on whatever initiative we needed for growth, um, helped with the fundraising, which was super exciting. Um, you know, bring the company through IPO with uh, our group CEO, U.S. CEO, and bankers. Uh, that was a, a very interesting and new experience. Uh, and the journey with Foxwoods, uh, excuse me, with PointsBet and Foxwoods, for that matter, was tremendous. Um, I learned a lot. I was exposed to new things. I met a lot of new people. Um, and really what I like to do is just do cool things with cool people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've had the opportunity to do that throughout my career, uh, and at those places, it was no different. Um, now I'm on to a new chapter, uh, but you know, seriously value the time that I had at, at both places, and uh, definitely I'm proud of the contributions I made. That's great. So along the way, have you had some role models you can talk about, uh, people that you've worked with that have had an impact on your career? A lot of people have have had an impact on my career, both positive and negative, in, in different ways. This is an, an interesting question because you know when I started nearly twenty years ago at this point, uh, there was no roadmap, there were no mentors. It was just kind of a trial by fire. You go and figure it out in this brave new world. Um, and now that we have this interesting supporting economy being built in the regulated market in the U.S. for the first time. Um, it's not lost on me that this young crop of entrepreneurs and new entrants, not maybe non-endemic entrants to the market, are looking for mentorship or looking for people that have been there before, and that's exciting for me to, um, you know, be in that position uh, for for some folks to do it. And I've had some folks in my career that have been very, very good to me. One guy comes to mind, Brian Charette at Foxwoods. He was a VP of IT, uh, and the guy I reported to. Uh, when I first started, Brian taught me patience, uh, you know, coming from the more of an entrepreneurial <laughs> background and going into a corporate environment. I never really understood how people in large organizations could be so busy. You know, you're always focused on on one singular thing as an entrepreneur. Uh, and then I found out very quickly why that is. Uh, and so I heard the phrase, uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time way more times than, than I care I've to I've never admit. heard that before. And basically, it was an exercise in patience yeah, and exactly. start slowly. Um, Seth Shore, uh, funny enough, has been uh, somebody that I've admired for a long time, and it, uh, I'm privileged to be able to work with him. He's um, a gentleman that is quite prolific, um, opportunistic, and knows how to execute and make quick decisions. And that's kind of how I work. Mm. Um, so it's been really interesting to um, work with a guy like that. And then I've had, I've had folks who I've learned what I don't want to be. 
mm. from uh, in the course of business where I have just reconciled that maybe I do business a different way um, than other people who are potentially a lot more cutthroat. Uh, I like to be a human mm -hmm. uh, and be of service. And I learned that from Felix Rappaport, uh, the late, great Felix Rappaport, who I uh, worked with at Foxwoods for some time. Um, he taught me to, well, this is intuitive, but he really perpetuated the narrative that just be a good person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tried to carry that with me throughout, um, you know, every role or every uh, experience or conference mm -hmm. or what have you. Uh, just pay it forward and uh, not expect anything in return uh, and just try to be good. Yeah. You know? Do good business and, and be nice at the same time. Speaking of paying it forward, I know that you do do that and you have done that over the pandemic. I think you, about a couple months in, you offered to mentor or talk to people about sort of the industry and what they were doing and help them make some decisions. Is that one of the- I did. Yeah. That was fun, actually. Um you know, early on in the pandemic, you're like, what can I do? Uh, yeah. What can I do to help somebody? I don't know. Uh, so I put on LinkedIn, you know, I'll take a meeting uh, for an hour a day with 30 people over the course of this month. Uh, I had no expectations that that would fill. I have a very low opinion of myself. Uh, but I had somewhere around 400 inbound inquiries uh, within two days. And so I tried to speak to everybody. Uh, I set some time in the morning. Uh, at night, you know, on the weekends, and just talk to whoever wanted my time. Yeah. Um, and it was so interesting. I probably took more out of it than anybody I spoke yeah. to. And I got exposed to all of these very interesting entrepreneurs and ideas and concepts or just interesting conversations, people that wanted to talk and know me and I got to know them and it, it helped build um, really good new friendships. Um, some really interesting business came out of that for me too. You know, in a world where you couldn't meet in person, uh, and for somebody like me, I like people. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go and talk to people. Uh, and so this was a great, uh, a great way to do it. And yeah. um, it was tremendous. I think that was one of the hardest uh, things I had to do. And I saw a lot of people struggling with is like, how do I talk to people? <laughs> like, we're not an offense. We're not out there anymore. It's like, how do I connect and stuff? And I thought that was a pretty impactful act. Um, Thank you. I you loved did. it. Yeah. yeah. Were there any particular um, stories that left a mark? I'll give you one. So I, I had one, I had a conversation uh, with a gentleman I won't name. Yeah. Um, and he was pitching me a first time, first time founder pitching me on an idea. Uh, I was still at points bet at the time. And, you know, he was looking for a partnership. And honestly, I thought it was terrible. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't really sugarcoat things. <laughs> uh, I try to be authentically me yeah, at yeah. all times. And so I told yeah. him so. Uh, and I told him why. And then I gave him some suggestions that I thought might be helpful, you know, young guy, yeah. um, very smart. Uh, and, you know, I saw, I frankly saw a lot of myself yeah. uh, in him. Um, and the naivete, by the way, is very, very good yeah. um, coming into the space because you don't know what you don't know, which means nothing is impossible. Mm. Uh, and that's how innovation happens, yeah. right? So fast forward six, eight months later, um, the same gentleman comes back to me and says, you know, that was really a tough conversation for me. But I had a couple more and the feedback was kind of the same. Yeah. And so he came back to me with a new concept, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and I've recently invested in this, uh, in this oh, business. Nice. Uh, so a few of my colleagues uh, and we're really excited. So this was, was one relationship born out of, uh, uh, out of those LinkedIn conversations that was completely unexpected. Wow. Wow. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. 
What about what about sports heroes? Do you have any sports heroes? Um, I'd say Mario Lemieux is probably my first hero. He's uh, he uh, was obviously a famous hockey yep. player on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, I remember in my hometown um, of Oceanside, New York, there was a celebrity golf tournament, and Mario Lemieux was there. I was maybe ten, mm-hmm. eleven years old. I jumped the fence at the golf course, uh, rode threw my bike over, rode up to where he was, ran onto the fairway. Security's chasing me, and he said, "You know, you know, let him, you know, let him come yeah. with me." And so I got to carry his bag. He signed some stuff for me. Uh, he was just a really good person, yeah. and he, I think he had just beat uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, wow. or had beat it maybe a year or two later. It was like tremendous person, tremendous athlete, um, and tremendous fighter. And yeah. uh, as a young person, he was he was the athlete. Yeah, fighter. that's great. Uh, I'm married to a Canadian, so I'm going to pretend like I know all about hockey players, but I do know about that <laughs> one, actually. We lived in Montreal for some time, so that's a really great story. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, for, for, forward thinking a little bit. You're definitely in a, a strategic role, as we mentioned, in two different strategic roles, helping other companies as well as progressing with Hefe Bet and Fifth Street Gaming. If you look back in five years' time, what kind of impact are you leaving on the industry? Oh. That's a tough question, Kelly. Uh, how am I going to answer this? I think I want to be known as somebody that is curious um, and somebody that was helpful and helped drive change in an impactful way. Um, I think I referenced earlier, I really like that you have a regulated environment in the US and now the supporting economy being built and new people coming in, working with people that are younger than me. And you know, I'm not that old, but I'm not getting any younger either. Uh, it's, there's definitely a generation gap. And I, I found myself saying kids these days, a couple of <laughs> Whippersnappers. <laughs> the moment it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, oh man, oh man. But on the flip side, I think working with, um, some of those younger folks allows me to see the world through their eyes and see fresh ideas and understand things in a way that I may not think about. Um, so for me, my focus really is on continuing the pursuit of knowledge and then figuring out what that means for business um, and, and what that can mean, I guess, meaningfully in the world. I love that that the gambling industry, particularly in the United States, supports a lot of public policy initiatives uh, supports communities is one of the largest tax bases in in the country. Uh, so I, I do love the space, and I, I like introducing ideas that will grow it in a responsible way, uh, or working with people that want to do the same thing. Because it's one, it's entertaining; two, it keeps me young; and three, uh, it's you know, at the end of the day, it ends up being good yeah. uh, in terms of what it can. Community become. support is not something we talk a lot about in Europe. Um, however, it's similar over here with tax bases. But and I, I think that's a really interesting point to hear in a very emerging market, a very exciting market that with that type of foundation, you can affect a lot more people and uh, make it more of a, an attractive industry, I think, uh, than over in Europe, perhaps. Um, you said a couple things. You set me up for my next question. And then uh, I think that this is my last question. We'll be out of time. But um, you talked about young people and their approach. Um, you also earlier in the conversation met, uh, used the word metaverse. And I wanted to ask you, top of mind, every time I open my computer, I see NFTs or metaverse. So I wanted to get your take on some of these new and emerging concepts. Do you own an NFT? 
I do not. No. Are you looking at NFTs? You might be surprised, actually, that I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm very, very interested in the market. I know a fair amount about it, but uh, I don't own one, um, mostly because, well, I don't own yeah. one. Uh, but I, I do think, uh, I do think it's, it's quite interesting. I think it, uh, the more interesting thing is, is sort of what it means for future development rather than what the art asset might be today. I don't think I'm going to go out and buy a board ape for half a million dollars, right? Uh, doesn't really do it for me. For other people, great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the explosion of this in many ways, one is because the technology is interesting. Two, because the next generation is, is comfortable with a different kind of risk. And three, you have a lot of people that haven't grown up without the internet. Yeah. Now, I still remember, what, I'm, I feel like this whole podcast is me being talking about how old I am, <laughs> but uh, I feel like... I, you know, I remember when dial-up was a thing. Yeah. I remember when internet didn't exist. Um, but kids these days yeah. don't. Um, so a lot of life is lived more online than it isn't, um, especially with, you know, the advent of all of the communication tools and social media. Is it healthy? That's not for me to say. But what I do um, see is that people are expressing their identities in ways that maybe I didn't, um, you know, on the internet. And I think that's led to the rise of popularity of the metaverse, um, of these digital art assets um, or uh, whatever it may become, um, because this is sort of where you live uh, more than you don't. So I think it's interesting. On one hand, I think we should fix the real world before we, we focus on the fake one. Uh, but on the other hand, I think it's a very interesting and um, exciting potential escape from reality, uh, a great um, platform to pursue entertainment initiatives. There have been concerts on Fortnite. Uh, some of these projects in the NFT and metaverse space are very much capitalistic. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are pure entertainment. So I think just like anything else, it's going to evolve in an interesting way. And I'm getting involved in some interesting projects there. I think it's it's kind of a cool thing to learn about. Who knows if it takes... Um, but in this moment, it seems like a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, as a mother of a six-year-old and a two-year-old, I also sort of found that I'm outside. I'm not in the digital world, but I am. And they're not there yet with NFTs or anything like that or any kind of digital world. But I kind of want to live in their world, but I don't really want to live in their world. One project concept that I think is super cool, and my, my opinion has definitely evolved on this. I think when, if you remember Zed yeah. Run, uh, when Zed Run came out, it's that horse racing game. I said, what is this? I mean, this is, this is <laughs> terrible. And it wasn't. Uh, it was just the first iteration of something that was, was more interesting. And I had some friends getting in the space. And most of the smartest people I know are, are now in that Web3 mm -hmm. uh, space. That's got to tell yeah. you something, right? So I constantly question, am I the stupid one? Are they stupid? Is everybody yeah. stupid? Um, but I think it's, it's more about what, what sort of lies beneath it. But a project like Zed Run on steroids, I, I've come across one that is like different species of animal mm -hmm. uh, in NFT form where you can have a frog or a panther um, or a lion and you kind of race like Mario Kart. Um, the frog may not do well in the jungle, but the lion won't do well mm -hmm. in the water. So you know, your different species and, uh, can, can kind of have different attributes and you can play them for money, you can crossbreed, and then what happens? Um, so it's kind of this cool, uh, emerging, uh, interesting second world yeah. game. 
um, based on NFTs, and, and I like that. Yeah. I think that's super fun. Not far off from the day when Mario Lemire will be playing uh, Sidney Crosby, if that's a relevant name still, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be betting on it. <laughs> that was really interesting, Seth. Thank you for that. Um, that is unfortunately all the time we have for today, but that was a lot of fun. Um, I hope you had fun too, and that you'll join us again. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Kelly. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of SBC Leaders Podcast. I'm Kelly King, Global Relationship Director for SBC. And you can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms or on gamblingtv.com. Thanks for watching.